0: I have three married friends that are going through three different situations in their marriage. And in each relationship, I find myself stumped on what they should do. Um, But it's got me to thinking about myself. Over the past few days, I've been thinking about my relationship status. You know, on one hand, I really want to be married again. I'm afraid of dying alone. And I'm concerned about finding someone when I have so many things stacked against me. But I've been praying about it. And I've been giving a lot of thought about it. I've been making my desires known to God. Um I watch Transformation Church online. And in the series Relationship Goals, Pastor Mike talks about, has a message called Rip up your list And That was hard for me to deal with Because I've always been one to believe That I needed to make My list of things that I am looking for In a relationship That I'm looking for in a partner So that way I would know it when I saw it And that I wouldn't settle for Something other than what I wanted But watching that Message I considered the possibility of ripping up my list, and I let go of the list idea for a while. But seeing my friends and the situations that they're in, and they're all three of them are in different stages of their relationship. One is still in the newlywed phase, another is right out of the newlywed phase, and the other has been married, I believe, over 10 years. And they all are going through situations that could very easily land them in divorce court. So it makes me feel like what hope is there for me? But I have to be honest in watching them and seeing the, the turmoil that they're going through and feeling the Empathy that I have for them is triggering for me, from the things that I went through when I was married. Um, even though the some of the situation, one of the mm, two of the situations I've gone through in my marriage, the other I haven't, but I still feel the pain of each situation, and of course I. Can only empathize with them. And what they're going through. Because I know that every relationship is unique. But. And sitting here. Thinking about them. And praying for them. I've decided that I've got to. Write my own list again. And maybe it's not in God's will. For me to have a list. Maybe it is. But. It may be in God's will for me to marry again. Maybe it's not. Because I think sometimes too about the fact that. I've met some guys that are fairly decent. And. I wasn't interested in them for whatever reason. One reason or another. And. I. Didn't continue. So it's almost as if. There's a possibility of. Okay, God sent somebody but I didn't want them. So why would he send me somebody? But I've always been one to believe that there's no such thing as a soulmate. There's no such thing as the one, quote unquote. And I've used the story of Adam and Eve to to, to confirm that for me. That's one of the stories that I use. Because during the gen- during Genesis, um, God presented Adam with each of the animals for him to name. And whatever Adam named them, that's what they were. And then, you know, on the sixth day, you know, God created Adam. And then somewhere along that sixth day, I believe... He put Adam to sleep, and he produced Eve. He did surgery and and created Eve from Adam. But then he presented Eve to Adam, and Adam was the one who spoke and said, this is the flesh of my flesh, the bone of my bone. Adam was the one who made the decision to call her Eve, It wasn't God. God didn't present her to him and say, here, Here's your wife, here you go. This is the one for you. Even though he created her from him. So I strongly believe that in the beginning God gave Adam the choice to accept the gift of Eve. That being said, I feel that any relationship should be that way. I believe that God may present someone to us and we have the ability to choose them. They're not forced on us by God. Okay. That being said, I have decided to pick up my list. And so I figure I'll just share my list. And it's not all inclusive. I'm sure that I'll add some more things to it. I think I have like 18 things on here so far. So, I'll just go over them and give a little blurb on some of them that I think need a little explaining. But here it is. Number one on my list. He has to be a Christian. The Bible says, how can two walk together except they agree? Although I am not uber religious and I don't attend church every Sunday and Wednesday, I truly believe in God and my faith is there and I cannot see myself being what the Bible calls unequally yoked with an unbeliever. I believe that like Solomon, if I choose someone, or even Samson, if I choose someone that has is of a different faith, that I'll get pulled away. And I don't want to take that chance. And you know, the scripture says evil communication corrupts good manners. So I don't want to be pulled away by someone of a different faith. Number two, he has to be a good listener slash good communicator. I'm always um, harping on communication skills, but I've been realizing a lot lately in some recent interactions with men that it's, it's more common than I would think to find a man that knows how to talk. I've met a lot of men that can speak well and they know how to talk and they have good brains on their shoulders, good heads on their shoulders and they can talk and a lot of these men, ironically, love to hear themselves talk and they know that they have intelligence and wisdom and they want to share it with the world and I get that because I'm the same way. I want to share the wisdom that God has given me with anybody that's willing to take a listen. However... Communication to me has to be balanced If I'm speaking to you And I'm sharing with you My thoughts, opinions Things that have been given to me By God Or something that I've learned But it doesn't matter I can be sharing with you What I saw on television yesterday But if I'm speaking to you Then I expect To be heard I expect To be able to complete my thoughts. I remember when I was younger. So many people thought that I was quiet. And I believe I was in middle school. And somebody said to me. Oh you're quiet. You don't say much. But when you do. It's something special. Or something along those lines. And that was one of the things. That I realized about myself. I I don't talk just to talk. Like I am not one for small talk I'm not one for talking about things that don't matter Um, So I tend to keep quiet So if I open my mouth It's because I feel like what I have to say has some weight to it It's important Or it's important enough for me to give my words to it I think that our words are currency I believe there's a scripture I can't remember exactly how it goes, but there's a scripture that says something about um many words, you know, having little value or something like that. The more like the more you speak, the less your words mean, you know. So I try not to speak more than I need to. So when I do speak, I expect to be heard to the end. You may want to rebut what I'm going to say. Something I say may inspire you to to share something that you've experienced or seen or thought. And that's fine. But can I finish with what I'm saying? Because I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to let you finish. And sometimes I may slip up and cut across you. But for the most part, if I do, I will stop myself and I will apologize. But to consistently be cut off. As I'm speaking, it's a big turn off of me. I mean, I will walk away from a situation if a person does not respect me enough to allow me to finish my thoughts. Um, Next is, they have to be willing to consistently go to um, relationship counseling. I have seen so many cases, not just these My own marriage, my engagement, other relationships that I've been in, relationships that I've seen friends in, I've seen issues, and the problem with issues in a relationship is there are two people there. It's not just one person. There are two people, and the thing is, people are headstrong. I am so headstrong on what I think that I can't see or hear what you think and vice versa. And a lot of times it takes a neutral third party to say, Okay, I hear what you're saying, but have you considered this? Or have can you consider what they're saying to you? Let me put it to you in a different way so that you can see or you're wrong on this or you're right on this. That neutral third party is very important from the point of um, when you decide that you want to be serious enough to get married and you're engaged. Premarital counseling is a must. I will not go into another marriage without premarital counseling. But I will not stop there. It's like, it's just like a wedding. People prepare for the wedding, but they don't prepare for the marriage. And then you get married and you're left out there alone. No, I need some good godly counsel as I go through this. Because me, I don't know about whoever God is going to send my way, whoever's going to come my way. But me, I know me, my picker is broken. I'm not good at picking when it comes to a relationship. And I have some ways that I'm set in that I am just headstrong about. That may or may not be right. So I need good godly counsel to walk me through having a good healthy relationship. Because that's not something that I've seen consistently enough to be able to emulate. So I would like good (laughs) consistent relationship counseling. My next relationship, the next one, my next relationship, had he has to be a satisfying lover, and I think that's self-explanatory. Um, who knows? By the time I get involved with somebody, this may not even be an issue. But right now, my I this is something that's very important to me. I'll just put it that way. Um, it hadn't always been that way, and it may not be that way again later. But as for right now. Being satisfied in the bedroom is very important to me. And so um, he has to be satisfied to me. And that's a hard thing because of who I am uniquely made. I'm not so easily pleased. I'm not so easily satiated. Um, so if the person, the man that is going to be with me has to be Willing to put off. And we have all had history. You know. I'm not a virgin. And I don't expect to be with a virgin. <laughs> I'm not at this age. So I know that he has sexual history. And I have sexual history. And I don't want him to come to the bed with me. Trying to have sex with somebody from his past. I'm not her. She may have liked it that way. But I may not. You know. This may have turned her on. But it may turn me off. Get to know me. Um, Although I don't believe. I believe the word making love. Is a misnomer. Because love is not something you make in the bedroom. But I do think that you can express love. In the bedroom. And. I'd like to see that, you know. um, And part of being a lover is recognizing who you are with and expressing your love towards them in a way that is pleasing to them because, you know, when you love somebody, you give, you know. So I want my lover to be giving to me what is pleasing to me just like I would want to give to him what's pleasing to him. The next on my list is he has to be willing to work on his flaws. And not just work on his flaws, but willing to help me as I work on mine. Um, I'm open to help. I'm open to instruction, to being guided, to Become that person There's a scripture that says that You know the husband is supposed to Wash his Wife with the water of the word And scripture says that He's supposed to present her To himself faultless So in order for me to be the perfect Wife that You need Then you have to be willing to help me With my flaws and buddy I got a lot Which makes it hard Um But just like I have flaws. I'm sure he has flaws as well. And if he's willing to receive my help. I'll be willing to help. Um, But even if he doesn't want my help. He has to at least be willing to work on his flaws. And help me with working on mine. Um, He has to have a good sense of humor. I like to laugh. I don't do it quite nearly enough. But. I feel like my relationship should enhance my life. It should be it should bring joy to my life. And when I think of joy, I think of laughter. I think of silliness because those things bring me joy. So he has to have a good sense of humor. And on that same plane of love, of joy, not only does he have to have a good sense of humor, but he has to love to travel and love music because those are also things that bring me joy if he doesn't like to travel then we're not going to work because I like to travel I don't get to as much as I want to but I'm constantly thinking on how I can change that and so as my life progresses I expect to travel more and if he doesn't like to travel then that can pose a problem has to love music because I love music and if he's not really a music lover then he's gonna get tired of me playing music and singing and you know music blasting in my car you know so he has to love music and I I would love 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 to be able to just sit around with my partner for hours and just listen to whatever music I'm in the mood for whether it's old school R&B or Christian hip hop you know I'd love to be able to sit And just listen to music with my partner Um, He has to Have a good Balanced familiar relationship And I harp on the word Balance because Sometimes people have unbalanced familial relationships You know people sometimes give Their family Precedence over their spouses And that's out of order So while I want you to have a good relationship with your mother, she should not trump me in your life if I'm your wife. I want you to have a great relationship with your children. I cannot respect a man that doesn't have a relationship with his kids. But your kids shouldn't cause friction in our relationship. So on and so forth. So it has to be good and balanced next he has to be fiscally responsible he doesn't necessarily have to be rich i love to have a rich man but the chances of takia having a rich man is slim to none not that it's impossible it could very well be possible but the he at least has to be fiscally responsible you can be um a shift lead at mcdonald's that's fine you know but what are you doing with your money when you get paid are you just taking your paycheck and spending it on Shoes and clothes And video games Or are you using The money that you make to Take care of your life You know um, So Once again it doesn't matter whether he's rich Or poor As long as he's fiscally Responsible as long as he's responsible With the money that he does make Now if he's poor because he's not Working or poor because he's Lazy I can't get with that But I can deal with a poor man that's working and doing his best to take care of himself. I can work with that. He has to be intelligent. And to me, that's another thing that goes without saying. Because I don't want to spend 50% of our conversation explaining to you what I meant. And having to find creative ways to reword what I'm saying. Just so you can understand where I'm coming from You know I want to be able to have Not that I have to have a bunch of thought provoking Deep conversations Because no I'm, I am I want to have light Happy Conversations with my Significant other But I do want to be able to Hold a conversation You know I want to have that Understanding that intelligence I don't want to have to sit and Hold his hand and explain everything to him And I'd love to be able to learn from my man That would be awesome If I can look to him to learn something new He has to be affectionate I really would love to be able to express love to somebody And feel their expression of love So it's not really much to say about that. Just be affectionate. Show me that you love me, in whatever way that means for you, whatever your love language is. I can adapt, but show you show some affection. Um, I can't be with somebody that's like, I paid the bills, didn't I? That should let you know I love you. No. Um, yes. On that same token, he has to be caring. Just because once again Like I said earlier the scripture says How can two walk together except they agree I don't think I would work well with somebody That's not a caring individual That's not compassionate Um, um, And on that note They have to be generous Or at least not stingy And I'm not necessarily talking about myself You don't have to be generous to me Um, I'm used to taking care of myself I'd love it to have a man to take care of me, but at least don't be stingy. You know, um, your mom called needing help with your light bill and you're smacking your teeth. Why Why in the world is she asking me for this? I'm just thinking of, you know, just coming up with a scenario, but I don't want a miser, somebody that's so um, stingy with. Whatever they have, whether it's money or resources or whatever, that they can't be helpful to someone around them because it's going to cause problems in our relationship because if somebody asks me for something and I have it, I'm going to give it to them, and I know that that will cause problems if I'm with a stingy person um They have to be emotionally sound. I work very hard on my emotionals. Uh intelligence working I work very hard trying to keep myself Emotionally intact And it's hard for me Because I do Have Some mental things Like the depression Not some a you know I do suffer With depression you know So I have to work that much Harder um On my emotional intelligence To keep myself Balanced emotionally um, I, because I'm working so hard on that I don't know that I have the ca- the Capacity To help somebody else With their emotions Um, mo- One of the Seemingly most important Aspects Is he has to be faithful I've dealt with so much Infidelity in the past Again that's something I cannot take so, I want my my next marriage to be my last one, but if I am cheated on, I know unless God changes my heart, but I know for a fact if I am cheated on the relationship is over right then because I can't deal with that anymore, and I don't want to divorce again, so he has to be faithful. Um, And along the lines of fidelity of course Is honesty He has to be honest One thing about liars is A lot of times people lie Because they think that they're protecting the other person But the way that I see it Is If you lie to me You're taking my choice away You're taking my power away You're not even giving me The ability to make a decision on how I'm going to handle whatever it is that you're lying to me about. And you never know. Being honest, you may find that I may move in a way that's different from what you expected. You know, if you're honest with me about something that you think will hurt me or cause problems with our relationship, honesty may be enough to keep things afloat. It may be the the glue that holds it together, oh, I know that you did this thing to hurt me, but you were honest about it, and I can deal with it. We can work through it so and I will try to be honest. I can't say that I'm a hundred percent honest all the time. I don't really know that too many people who are, but I try to be I slip up sometimes, and I'm not the most honest. But for the most part, I try to walk in integrity in everything that I do. Now, the last one that I have on my list, and like I said, this list is not comprehensive. I'm sure I may add some later, but he has to be sober. And what I mean by that is he cannot abuse drugs and alcohol. Now, just about everybody I know smokes weed. <laughs> Sad but true. I know I probably just need a different set of people around me, which is true. I don't smoke weed, but because I'm, so many people that I know do smoke weed, I'm not so far removed that I say, oh, well, he cannot smoke weed. Okay, if you decide you want to smoke weed, just be sober about it. Don't. I don't want you to have to get up. I don't want to be with somebody that has to get up every morning and roll up a blunt and smoke it you know who has to have one every day when he gets off work to unwind and every weekend no um same with alcohol you know I drink I like to drink and I have no convictions about drinking but with drinking I know that I don't get drunk I know my limits and I Stay within the bounds of my limits Because to me Being drunk is not ladylike And the um, res- the, the After effects is not worth it You know Being hungover or sick You know That's not worth it That's not fun to me That ain't cute That ain't sexy So if I'm going to be sober minded Then I want my partner to be as well I've been with a couple guys that were alcoholics and it did not work. It. I thought that I can deal with it because I had seen others in relationships with alcoholics. And I was like, well, you know, if they can handle it, I can handle it. Or for those that couldn't, I felt like, oh, you're being too judgmental. You know, you're, you're being too self-righteous. But being in a relationship with alcoholics, I don't have the emotional capacity to deal with an alcoholic, and I've never been with uh, somebody that abused drugs, so I can't. I can only imagine what that's like. But I, that's something I don't ever want to deal with. So there you have it. That's a long list, like I said, but. I know it's not comprehensive, but as I continue to think of other things, I will add to it. If there is a man that can meet all of those things and finds himself interested in me, that's gonna, I, I will know that, that that man is from God. I don't want to um, compromise on any of those, the things on that list. Those are non negotiables for me. And yeah, maybe a lot of non negotiables, but they're non negotiables for me. But you the the things that are negotiable I've not even put on there. Like some of the things that I really want in a man, I want a man that's taller than me. That's not on that list. I want a man that I find very I find attractive. That's not on that list. And I think that attraction is important. But it's not on that list. Because I'm open enough to say. Well I may run across somebody. That meets my list. That is not necessarily attractive. And hell one day. I may not be attractive to them. I'm fat now. You know. Give me a couple more years. I'm going to have gray hair and wrinkles. So beauty is fading. So. That's not on my list. Um, I have some other things that I want. That are not. On the list that. I can deal without. That I don't want to necessarily deal without. And I won't mention them. Because yeah. But you can imagine how they are. Um, So yeah. That's it. I have this big long list. And. If it's not possible to meet a guy that has those things on the list and and is attracted to me, then my prayer is that God will, and even if he does come along, until he comes along, whether or not he comes along, my prayer is that God will help me to find contentment in my single life. I don't want to die alone. I don't want to die a single woman. I want a husband to spend the rest of my days with, whether it's two or a hundred, a thousand and two. I want a husband, but I want a good relationship and I don't want to, I want my last days to be better than my former days. So, there you have it. it.